Even a single glass of wine disrupts your sleep by 24%. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest expert, and author. After self-hacking my mind and body to lose 30 pounds, I now help busy, overwhelmed women use stress as their superpower so that they can rise above it and become more calm, resilient, and physically fit. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and stress management habits, you'll also learn about the power of food to enhance your mental and physical well-being and how to overcome your battles with living a healthier lifestyle. The secret to eating healthier, improving your mood, and increasing your energy are not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your health journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. This is culinary nutritionist Trudy Stone, and I am so grateful that you tuned in today. So look, I have a question for you. Do you want to learn how to sip more mindfully? Or maybe you're just looking to reduce your alcohol consumption for better health, stress management, or simply to embrace a more mindful approach to drinking. Well, joining us today is a special guest, Casey McGuire-Davidson, who will be delving into the world of sobriety and the rising trend of the sober curious movement. So let me tell you a little bit about Casey. So Casey is a life and sobriety coach and is the host of the top 100 mental health podcast, the Hello Someday podcast for sober, curious women. As an ex-red wine girl who spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while holding on tightly to her love of wine, Casey's passionate about helping busy women to stop drinking and create lives they love without alcohol. Her work has been featured in the New York Times, NBC News, and over 60 sobriety, motherhood, and mental health podcasts and publications. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. Casey, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Thanks for being here. I'm so glad to have you. So Casey, if this is someone's first introduction to you, can you give us a little bit of a background about who you serve and what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I work with primarily high achieving working women, many moms as well, working moms um, who have become used to using alcohol as the habitual way that they transition from day to night, how they connect with their partner, how they relax on a girl's night and bond. And it's gone from one glass of wine, say at a dinner or a date night, to multiple glasses of wine, something they think about on a regular basis. Um, Most of the women I work with, you know, nobody thinks necessarily they have a problem with alcohol. A lot of us who drink are surrounded by other drinkers. Sometimes our partners are big drinkers. It's just tied deeply into our identity and our habits and our friendship groups. And at the same time, alcohol, nobody talks about this, but alcohol is a highly addictive substance in the same way that cigarettes are. So it's really bad for your body. It's both a depressant and a stimulant, and it becomes very, very easy to begin to rely on it as your main form of coping, relaxing, and celebrating. So My goal is to educate women about alcohol, to share with them that you don't have to decide that you have a drinking problem to want to see how good your life can be without it. 
Mm, I love that, you know, and I love that you, when you talked about wine being a coping mechanism, because I see that a lot with my clients as well. And they turn to food actually to soothe their emotions and alcohol definitely too. But, you know, what I always encourage my clients and my listeners on my podcast to ask themselves is, you know, what is at the root of this problem? Like, what is it that you're really trying to soothe? Because really it's not so much the alcohol. Yeah, we love the, you know, we love a, gra- a glass of red wine. But a lot of times there's something that's underlying there, right? And I always say that if you're turning to wine or, you know, vodka or food, whatever your vice is, that's just a crutch. It's just a band-aid approach. You're not really getting to the solution. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, when people start drinking and if they're craving alcohol after they've gotten out of the first two weeks, because you are, regardless of whether you drink one glass a night or more, you're in physical withdrawal your first week, two weeks. It impacts so many parts of your body. But beyond that, when women want to drink, I mean, the first question I ask them is, have you eaten? Highly recommend eating a snack with protein at four o'clock, 4.30, because that drop in blood sugar is real and your willpower is at the lowest, you're the nutritionist. So that's, that's just what I found anecdotally. But the second question I have for them is why do you want to drink? What emotion do you want to stop feeling or increase? And typically it can be stress, overwhelm, boredom. They're tired because alcohol gives you an immediate rush of dopamine, Um, they want to relax. I mean, women who work really hard and have over, um, packed schedules, they're multitaskers and they're used to doing everything quickly. And then suddenly you have two hours on your own at night, the only, maybe the only two hours you get, and you want to downshift really quickly too. So we've gotten really lazy about the wealth of things we could do to take care of ourselves, relax, connect, downshift, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I knew this was going to be a great conversation. <laughs> so you just, you asked a really, really great question there, Casey. You said, what feeling is it that I'm trying to stop having or increase? Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's such a powerful question. And, you know, I find in life, it always comes down to asking ourselves empowering questions. And that is definitely one of them. So if you're listening to this right now, you better have your pen and be taking notes. <laughs> So Casey, let's talk about the sober curious movement, because this is all over the place right now, all over the news, as more women are taking a look at their drinking and wondering if it's working for them. So why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, it's been happening, I think, in the last seven years or so. It's when it's really taken off. And I was smiling as you said that, because yesterday there was a big article in Vogue about what happens when you stop drinking in another article on um, the fact that women are relying on alcohol more and more to deal with stress. So these are, you know, in major publications like the New York Times, the Today Show, everybody's covering it. So it started, I think, with Dry January. And Dry January is a global movement where the challenge is to take 31 days off of alcohol to sort of reset yourself after the holidays. And last year, American adults, one in three participated in Dry January. Like you are not an outlier if you are doing this anymore. There's Dry January, Dry July, Sober October. I mean, there are a lot of different 30-day challenges to get rid of alcohol. So 
a book was written by Ruby Warrington called Sober Curious. And that phrase has really taken hold. And I think it has because it's shifting the idea that there are sort of two classes of people, right? There are the quote unquote normal drinkers, where all you have to do is drink responsibly, whatever that means, right? Don't drink and drive and don't drink while pregnant. And then there's these other people who have a serious problem with alcohol, you know, quote unquote alcoholics, which I hate that word because it's not even a medical term. It literally is a self-diagnosis that is not in any, you know, medical literature. It's not something in the DSM. So that is shifting where people are just saying, um, maybe I don't like waking up in the middle of the night and I know alcohol is disrupting my sleep. I don't like feeling like I don't have any energy. I mean, hangovers are the worst feeling in the whole world. And you realize also that your your interests, your habits, your social activities tend to get smaller and smaller when you start drinking more, where you almost unconsciously limit the things you're doing so that alcohol can fit into it. And it happens really slowly. Like suddenly you look up and you're like, wow, this is the vast majority of my time is I'm holding on for happy hour or Friday night date or girls night. And all we do is open a bottle of wine or go to a bar, or go to a restaurant and drink. Mm, oh, so true. So what about obstacles then, Casey? Like what are the main obstacles that you see people that have when it comes to drinking less or even just stopping altogether? Yeah. I mean, I think the main obstacle, well, there are a few, there are emotional obstacles, there are social obstacles, there are physical obstacles, and they all sort of combine. So um, alcohol has become ingrained in literally every aspect of our society and our culture. Like if you go to dinner, the very first thing they do is bring you the wine, the cocktail menu before they ever show you any food options. Um, you know, when you go to someone's house for a party, the first question they ask you is, what do you want to drink? We have wine, we have beer, whatever. It's sort of become a shorthand for, I want to talk to you and bond with you and have a, you know, adult evening. And so one is we are surrounded by alcohol in our society. It's the only drug that you get asked why you're not consuming. Um, and so that's really hard. Like if you turn down a drink, a lot of times you might be pressured to have one. Oh, just have one. If you're like, oh, I'm getting up early to work out or whatever it is, um, you're pressured to drink. It's all around you. Uh, when you don't drink a lot of times, even if you're not a heavy drinker, you go into withdrawal. So if you drink a couple times a week, um, what that does is it spikes your dopamine levels, which is your happy hormones really high immediately. And your body wants to stay at an equilibrium. So your body literally suppresses your level of dopamine in your body because of the alcohol. It takes about 30 days to even out. So if you imagine that you're more irritated and less happy if you're not drinking, that's actually true, but it's because of the alcohol. 
Um, so also it's a habit, right? So when you think of the habit loop, cue, craving, response, reward, time of day is a cue to drink that can lead to a craving. Driving past, past the grocery store, um, going to a restaurant, Friday night, there are all these cues to drink. So when people actually take a break from alcohol, they get used to having to be a Friday night and not drinking, going out to dinner. And there are incredible non-alcoholic options these days that are really fantastic. And a wine, you know, zero proof uh, mojitos are one of my favorite cocktails, anything you can imagine. Oh, so many great points there, Casey. And I want to talk about the health and wellness benefits in a little bit. But before that, like you talked about, you know, one of the major obstacles being like, you know, the people that we're surrounded with. And I also talk about this in my book, too. I talk about how your um, your environment is stronger than your willpower. And your environment is not always just your physical environment. It's the people that you surround yourself with as well, right? So how do you recommend that people navigate our boozy society without drinking for a period of time, especially when it comes to our friends and our family? Like, what do we say to them? How do we handle this? Yeah, I think the best strategy is to literally tell everyone in your life that you're taking a break from drinking and focus on the really positive aspects of it that you're hoping to achieve. So I like to frame it as a health and wellness choice. When I first stopped drinking, I told everyone in my life that I was taking a hundred hundred day break from alcohol. I actually had hired a sober coach and I had been worried about my drinking for a while, but I didn't tell anyone that because you're not required to share anything more than you want to. And so I was a daily red wine girl. There was literally no one in my life who would not notice that I was not drinking. So I said, I'm doing a 100-day health challenge. I want to sleep better, have more energy, and I think my drinking is spiking my anxiety. I don't think there's a woman in the world who cannot relate to those three needs of just feeling tired, feeling anxious, and not sleeping well. And so I was just like talking about the day, you know, I'm on day 24, I'm on day 42 and people could see it in me. They could see, I mean, I got so much healthier. I ran a 10 K for the first time in six years. I looked better. I mean, my skin was better. My eyes were brighter. There were so many benefits and honestly, I felt happier. So when I stopped drinking, you know, my boss at the time even was like, what are you doing? And I said, actually, I'm taking a break from alcohol. And she, you know, three weeks later, she was like, I'm doing a 30 day challenge too. And she had never been worried about her drinking. I was laughing because I had totally inspired her. Um, and it, you know, everybody talks about one thing I love about framing it as a health challenge is one, it is really hard for your friends to be like, oh, you feel less anxiety when you don't drink? Come on, drink anyway. You know, I mean, that's exactly. that's not a great friend. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I would say is when you frame it as a health challenge, people, you probably know this, love to talk about themselves. So they will immediately launch into the Peloton they just got or the health challenge they're doing, or I've been thinking about juicing, whatever it is. 
Yeah, so true. You know, and I love that you talked about that because sometimes you never know who's going to be inspired by your journey, right? By just, and I also think it it holds ourselves or we become more accountable when we share what it is that we're doing, right? So by sharing, hey, I'm on this this health challenge, I feel like it allows us to be more accountable to ourselves because now we put it out there, right? So now we got some skin in the game, our pride's on the line. And exactly. also, yeah, right. And also, I think when it comes to like, you know, drinking with me specifically, I know whenever I drink, like it affects me differently as I've been aging for sure. Like sometimes if I'll have a glass of wine before bed, like, yeah, I'll fall asleep more quickly, but I'll keep waking up throughout the night or I'll wake up in the morning and I'll have like brain fog, like just kind of like this heavy kind of feeling, even yes. just like one or two glasses. And I'm, I have that heavy kind of brain fog feeling. So there's definitely a lot of health and wellness benefits to drinking less. So can you share a little bit more about that? Well, I love that you just mentioned sleep because there are a few things about alcohol that not a lot of people know. And I think it's by design. I mean, the alcohol industry has been very, very good through lobbying, through regulations, through marketing it, suppressing any information that would dissuade someone from drinking. And so even small amounts of alcohol, so a single glass of wine for women, and honestly, it does not matter what you drink, beer, wine, vodka, it's all the same. Um, One glass of wine decreases your sleep quality by 24%. And anything more than a glass of wine, so anything more than a single drink for women decreases your sleep quality by 40%, which is insane. Oh my God. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know those stats were so high. Like I, even as a nutritionist, like I know it affects your sleep, but I didn't know like to that extent. Yes. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, there, there are big and small benefits to it, right? Mm -hmm. Alcohol is a diuretic. So your skin looks brighter. You actually look younger when you don't drink your eyes get brighter. They get less watery. Um, bloating goes down within 30 days, which is pretty amazing. Your skin looks less red. So even if you lose zero weight, my clients, I have them take a picture, a selfie of themselves every single week. You can notice the difference in your face just in the first couple of weeks in terms of how you look, your stomach will be less bloated. But beyond that, alcohol actually is really bad for your mental health. So I mentioned dopamine, it makes you less happy, you know, whatever your happy hormone is, that it would have been it, it depresses as well your serotonin, which is sort of your mood regulation, and it spikes your cortisol, even drinking within the, you know, quote, unquote, recommended amounts um, that the medical establishment has now repealed, saying no amount of alcohol is recommended. But it spikes your cortisol, which is all about anxiety. You're not sleeping. And it also, I mean, when you drink even this, I'm I'm very conscious about this because I just did an episode on breast cancer. Um, because we're in, you know, October, oh, breast cancer enough. awareness month, three glasses of wine a week, or really any equivalent beverage, beer, wine, alcohol, hard alcohol, whatever it is three drinks a week for women increases your risk of breast cancer by 15%. And then above that, every single drink above three raises it another 10%. So if you're having a drink every single day, we're talking about a 55% increased risk than if you didn't drink at all. 
Oh my goodness, Casey, this is, yeah, people need to know this because even when you talked about mental health, like I think, you know, there's this correlation, like you said, because the industry has made it so sexy to drink, right? Yeah. There's this correlation like, oh my God, it's fun. It's a glass, it's wine o'clock. It's, you know, wind down Wednesdays, you know, what fabulous Fridays, whatever it is. Yeah. And we're not really like, we're thinking it's actually helping our mental health because, oh my God, I've had such a tough week. You know, I deserve to have a drink, not realizing that, yeah, it might benefit you in the immediate term. You might feel a little bit happy, but you're definitely going to pay for that in the long run. Yeah. And, and it, it's interesting, right? Yeah. Because it's the combination of a depressant and a stimulant. So mm-hmm. it's it's liquid. It enters your bloodstream really, really quickly. And so in and it spikes your dopamine. I mean, it's it does all these things at once because it's a drug, right? But it is the most socially acceptable drug in the world. And so what happens is someone described it to me, which I love as like, you're, you start driving through mud, right? And you, you know, this, you drink, everything feels a little bit fuzzy. You feel a little bit fuzzy. You're, you're a little removed from everything happening around you. So you start driving, then you hit mud. So your body speeds up, speeds up. And then when the alcohol leaves your system, that's, you know, if you've ever had those 3am wakeups, basically you're coming speeding out of the mud at a really high pace. And that's when your body sort of hits that anxiety. I can't go back to sleep. Oh yeah. Cause that's, that's why I'm waking up. Right. Ooh, yeah. This is good. This is good. Okay. So during the pandemic, I have to tell you, I think like a lot of people, I started drinking a lot more in the pandemic because you're home. There's nothing else to do, right? (laughs) So I said, you know, I said to myself, okay, Trudy, we kind of have to rein this in. We got to nip this in the bud. So how I started was I stopped drinking on Friday night Mm -hmm. because I kept getting to Friday evening and I was like, oh my God, it was such a long week. I deserve a drink. I deserve a glass of wine. I worked hard for it. So I'm like, I have to break that association and that link in my brain that it's like Friday night drink. And I have to start there because I felt like that was kind of like one of the biggest triggers that I had when it came to like, you know, time of day. Right. So that's where I started. I just started by drinking, not drinking at all on Friday nights. And I would just get like my really nice wine glass. I'd pour some kombucha in there. I had this watermelon kombucha. So good. Um, So I started drinking that. And that's how I started to cut back on, you know, drinking and drinking less. So Mm -hmm. do you have any tips for people on how they can do that? Like, how do you recommend that people or where do you recommend people get started when it comes to drinking less or quitting drinking altogether? I mean, absolutely. I think that's fantastic. And you're describing one of my favorite things to have people do. I want people to approach a period of time without alcohol with curiosity and excitement. You know, you know what your Friday night looks like when you drink, you know what your holiday season looks like when you drink, Um, the highs and the lows. And you have no idea what you might do with the time, the money, and the energy you could have when you don't drink. So I like people to approach it with curiosity as a health kick, as an experiment. You get to 30 or 100 days, the alcohol will still be there, right? Nobody's taking it away. But you get 30 days and nights of feeling really well. So one of my biggest tips is to, you know, keep the ritual, change the ingredients. So you are still enjoying a connection, a night out, a Friday night with your partner, whatever it is. But instead of a mojito, you have a non-alcoholic mojito. Instead of a beer 
Athletic Brewing Company has the best non-alcoholic beers. They're truly amazing. Um, Kombucha, there are really good uh, non-alcoholic Prosecco, Bubbly Rosé, you know, whatever you want. And when you said, I get to Friday night, I deserve something, you do deserve something. You absolutely deserve something. So when you're not drinking, I love the idea of planning out sober treats. So taking the money you would use on drinking and scheduling a massage for a Friday night or a pedicure or take out sushi, um, going for a walk with your girlfriends or to yoga instead of going out drinking at happy hour or taking a class. I mean, all of these things you know, give you the opportunity to see what life without drinking is like. Mm, I love that. Okay. So Casey, you just touched on like some swaps for like, you know, drinking alcohol, drinking wine. Are there any more that you can share? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that one of the things that you're swapping is sort of the boozy nights for the mornings. Um, I can't tell you how amazing your sleep is when you stop drinking. I know for myself, I probably had not slept well in years and I had no idea. Like we said, even a single glass of wine disrupts your sleep by 24%. I was having three or four glasses of wine a night. So I was sleeping terribly when, you know, go to bed early and just the mornings are incredible. Just sitting in your quiet home, having coffee or tea, I remember going across the bridge in Seattle. I live in Seattle one um, one Saturday morning and there were all these people at 7 a.m. out there biking and running. And I was like, oh my God, do they do this every day? This is amazing. <laughs> and I ended up running at 10K. But before that, I had been, you know, two little kids getting up canceling my 10 a.m. yoga half the time, you know, because I'd had a big Friday night with my husband. Um, that's something that's that's really good. We also very much suggest an evening routine. So instead of drinking to relax and fall asleep, um, get an essential oil diffuser, take a bubble bath, read a great book, you know, make your bedroom this awesome place to relax. Mm, I love that. You know, and the other thing that you touched on that I really liked was, you know, talking about all the things that you, that you gained as a result of, you know, drinking less or stopping drinking altogether, specifically with your sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really like that because I feel like in life, it always comes down to perception. And this is what I try to share with people as well, like how you look at things, right? I think it was Wayne Dyer that says, you know, change the way that you look at things and the things that you look at changed. So I think if we started to look at this, like, here are all the things I stand to gain versus, oh my God, here are all the things I'm going to lose. I think that will also help you to not only get started, but to keep with that momentum as well. And, you know, another thing that people can do is just thinking about their why. And I'm sure you share this with your clients too. Like, what is your why of, you know, drinking less or wanting to quit drinking like all together? And like, when you have those times where you feel like maybe your hands are shaking, maybe you're like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like, think about that big why. Think about all those things that you stand to gain and of the abundance versus lack. Yeah. And a lot of people, when they finally get to the point of stopping drinking, it's, because they don't love the way they feel or they don't love the way they look. They don't love how important 
drinking is to them or all the rules about I'll only have two drinks a night or I'll only drink on the weekends or, you know, all the things that people try to do. Think about like this just ticker tape in your mind about how, you know, I'm sure it's the same with food. How much should I drink? When should I drink? Is it okay? One more glass. That all goes away and you have all this brain space to just be at peace and live and get other interests in your life. Um, I mean, one of the things that was important to me is I, you know, didn't want my kids to think that wine was required for dinner every night, that it was what mom did when she was stressed out. Um, It was what mom did every time um, she had people over. I just kind of knew that that was getting to be problematic and I didn't want to model that for them. Yeah. You know, and there's even like, I see a lot of people on social media calling it mommy juice. Like oh, you know, God, I have my mommy juice. Right. And it's like, Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Mom wine culture. It is real. And here's mm-hmm. what I think um, happens. So as a woman, a lot of times in the world, we have so much pressure on us, right? You go to work, There are lots of different things happening that you feel frustrated about or resentful. It's really hard to do work and home. You often, or at least I know I did, felt like I was somewhat failing at both. Mm -hmm. And instead of asking for help or setting boundaries with our boss or um, taking time to decompress throughout the day, the answer that we give each other, we give ourselves, society tells us is like, here, have a glass of wine. Mm. And I think of it as like a pacifier that we're given to keep us quiet and stop us from asking for more. And we tell our girlfriends that too. Awful day with the kids, here, have a glass of wine. Your partner not helping you out, just have a glass of wine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And really, like you said, we're not really getting to what the root of the issue is. Like, you know, maybe it it is that we need to establish boundaries yes. and just think about like, you'll be so much better for it. If, if that's one of your reasons why you're turning your drink because you're completely overwhelmed, you're feeling burnt out, then yeah, maybe you need to establish some boundaries, but you become a, a bigger and better person, you know, in that process. So again, it's yes. like thinking about all the things we stand to gain, like you gain more confidence in yourself because now you've set a boundary and you're sticking to it. Right. And you have more time for other things. Yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. So Casey, you have a program called Sobriety Started Kit, which I learned about recently, which was featured on Amy Porterfield's bootcamp. We're both huge fans of Amy Porterfield. So can you share why you started this and just share a little bit more information about it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Sobriety Starter Kit is an online self-study course. But now I have a member community as well, where I do monthly group coaching for busy women who want to change their relationship with alcohol. The idea around it is it's the exact same program that I work through with my private coaching clients with the goal of taking a continuous period of time away from alcohol. And during that time, we're doing all the work to figure out what your life is like and how you feel without it. So starting with day day one, week one, week two, what to expect, how you're going to feel, how to talk to people about why you're not drinking in a powerful and empowering way, what happens to you physically with the habit loop, but also 
what you want instead and navigating vacations, how to have fun without alcohol, um, navigating stress and anniversaries and birthdays and all that good stuff. Um, I very much see choosing not to drink as a health and lifestyle choice. So part of that is limiting beliefs you might have about what it means to not drink, what people will think if you don't drink. I liken it to if you decided to be a vegetarian, you wouldn't necessarily need your partner, your best friend, your mother to become a vegetarian as well. You would sort of substitute if you were going to a restaurant or to a dinner party. But anyone who was like, oh, come on, you've got to eat steak here, have a burger. You'd be like, what? What's wrong with you? Like, I've told you that this is important to me and I've made this choice, you know? Yeah, so true. And, you know, Casey, at the time of this recording, we're heading into the holiday season very shortly, which is a very difficult time for people when it comes to drinking. So Casey's course and her membership are really excellent resources for anybody who's struggling with this and anybody who needs support. I imagine there's probably a community as well. So you're surrounded Mm -hmm. by, you know, like-minded individuals who also have a desire to eat healthier, you know, drink less. Um, So definitely make sure to check out Casey's programs. I will link all of that in the show notes for you guys. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to mention is I have a completely free 30 tips for your first 30 days alcohol free um, on my website, which is hellosomedaycoaching.com. So just check it out, see what it feels like, because you're going to feel physically better. And even if you decide to go back to drinking, you will be more aware of the contrast of how your body and your mind feels with no alcohol in your system versus how it feels with it. And that is great information. Oh, love that. That sounds like such a great resource. I will make sure to link that up in the show notes as well, for sure. So Casey, I have a question that I ask all of my guests, and that is, what is your favorite way to take care of your mind and your body? Yeah, thank you. That's wonderful. Um, I like to exercise in the morning. I feel like if I don't, I have very little time for myself. And it also helps me get that like energy and anxiety out of my body. I tend to have anxiety. It went down like 60% when I stopped drinking, but I still have a very busy mind. And so, you know, I used to do boot camps. I used to run. Um, now I do Pilates, right? My, my hips and my knees don't let me do all the stuff I used to. So exercising for sure. And I think that's physical and mental. Uh, The other thing I like to do is just make sure that after dinner, I have like an hour to myself to just chill. And that was hard at first because I have a husband and I have two kids. Um, But I just sort of communicated. It started during the pandemic. We asked what everyone in the family kind of needed to not be hassled about, to just protect their own mental health. And I told my husband, I was like, after dinner, I want an hour to do what I want to do. Sometimes I'm binging a show. Sometimes I'm reading a book. Sometimes I'm talking to a girlfriend, but I was like, I don't want you to resent me, guilt me about not spending time with the kids, anything like that. Like, I just want to know that I can do that. And that helps me a lot because then I do my daughter's bedtime and all the things I do dinner, I do, you know, but I'm like, I need an hour. 
Oh, I love that. And see, that's also sticking to your boundaries because it's like, hey, what do I need? And you told your husband, you told your kids, this is what I need. And you've stuck to that boundary. That's beautiful. I love that. It's a great tip. Yeah, you should try <laughs> it. It's pretty great. So Casey, people want to learn more about you. They want to follow you. Where can they find you? Oh, thank you very much. I mean, my website is hellosomedaycoaching.com. Um, I chose that name because a lot of us say someday I'll do X, I'll do Y, I'll do Z. And I think you can start those goals today and start making those small shifts. Uh, but my podcast is the Hello Someday podcast for sober, curious women. I have over 180 episodes and they're on specific topics. So you can scan and listen to one on perfectionism, imposter syndrome, alcohol in the body, whatever you want, um, and take away something that's useful for you. Oh, thank you so much for that, Casey. And thank you so much for the abundance of tips that you shared today. Like you shared some really great strategies, tips where people can get started, you know, how they can ask their family for support, how they can stick to their boundaries. You shared, like we covered so much, I feel in such a short amount of time, which was incredible. So Casey, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, thank you for having me on. I am very passionate about this, this topic. So I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Body Show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to TrudyEStone.com. That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also, make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.